Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Well, let's uh, talk to Nigel Farage about that right now. Brexit Party leader Nigel Farage, good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, yeah, as, uh, as uh, Andre has just been pointing out, there was a lot of criticism of you when you were first actually pointing out that there was this issue. We now know that more than 4,000 migrants have reached the UK this year by crossing the English Channel in small boats, more than 650 so far this month alone. Or seems to me, though, those figures are possibly just the tip of the iceberg because they're the only ones we know about. Um, how did you first pick up on this story and why did you think it was so important at a time when we're dealing with a pandemic, dealing with the economic fallout of that pandemic, that it was so important to raise? Well, what was extraordinary was that it was clear, you know, going back to March and April this year, that the numbers coming were increasing at a very rapid rate. Uh, two key reasons for that. The traffickers have two big selling points. Number one, is that almost nobody who comes into Britain illegally, even when their asylum claim fails, gets returned to France or anywhere else. But secondly, what I understood and what I knew was that the traffickers were using Brexit as their big selling ticket. They're saying to people, ah, by the end of this year, the transition period's over. The UK will be outside of EU rules. It might be really tough in 2021 to get to Britain, so you better do it now. Now, I understood those things, and I predicted that there'd be a summer invasion, which I think is, to a large extent, happening. What I didn't know when I first started this investigation, what I didn't fully understand, was that despite giving the French at least £60 million over the last few years to stop this problem, that the French Navy was literally acting as an escort to boats, taking them across the line into British waters, and then that border force, our border force, and even our RNLI, then act as a taxi service, yep. uh, bringing people back into British waters. So, Julia, I, you know, the more I realised, the more I realised that what was going on was a scandal, the more I wanted to expose it. And to begin with, I was getting millions of people 
viewing my films online. Mainstream media wouldn't touch it, but at least now they are. Yeah, absolutely. I know my colleague Mike Graham was uh, absolutely yeah, one of the first to, uh, to to tackle this. Um, this thing that, that immediately there were attacks on you, as, as I say, the shooting of the messenger. Um, mm. but again, there are lots of different aspects to this. This is not just a total failure, abject failure of a government that elected to protect our borders, failing to protect our borders. A lot of tough talk, not much actual tough action. Uh, there's also uh, the the question mark about what these people are going to do when they get to the UK. We wow. don't know. We don't know whether or not they're going to be um they could be you know human slavery they may well be victims of human slavery we then we can't tackle that if these people are coming in uh turning to crime working illegally uh and of course claiming benefits as well whether they seek asylum or not as you say impossible to be deported once they reach our country but also the threat of terrorism we know that there are thousands of of isis supporters who have left uh syria and 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 iraq who are uh, been going across the across europe we we've been told this time again and apparently they they basically got a free pass to come to this country using the dinghy boat well, service you see i mean if i watch the if i watch the television broadcasters i would believe that everyone that comes is a vulnerable pregnant woman uh, you know who's come from horrible oppression and i've no doubt there are some people who come who genuinely are getting away from very bad situations but 85 percent of those that come are young men between the ages of 18 and 26, uh, and the chances of them fully integrating, not just into our society, but into our value system in this country, that to begin with is difficult. And secondly, you know, have a look at what's happened with those that came across the Mediterranean. Have a look at what's happened in Malmo. Have a look at what's happened in certain German cities, in certain French cities, and you realize this is an issue of national security. Um, what is happening at the moment is um, the government effectively is paying for hotels all over the country to be filled up with those that come across the channel. Um, and I even had an example last week of a hotel uh, where one of the illegal migrants was removed because he was attempting to radicalize the others. This is very serious. Uh, and yet anyone that dares to say that is accused of prejudice. It's a very real issue. And I would remind your listeners of this one horrifying fact. Of the eight men that committed those awful barbarities in Paris a few years ago, five of the eight got into France by coming in boats across the Mediterranean. So we really do need to take this very seriously. And what do you make of the Home Secretary, Priti Patel, appointing this former National Crime Agency executive, Dan Mahoney, uh, as the uh, UK's well, wonderful title, this clandestine channel threat mm-hmm. commander? Do you uh, have any hopes that the government well, is getting to grips with this now? It sounds good. I mean, just as last August, when Boris Johnson said, those who come across the channel are illegal migrants, will be treated as such and returned to France. And just as it sounded good last October when Priti Patel told us that by spring the whole thing would have stopped. Um, and here we have this response. Uh, you know, we've got the Navy going to be involved and this clandestine uh, boss. Look, the fact is, right now, as we speak in the channel, we have a big British drone going up and down the channel. We have a British spotter plane going up and down the channel. We have border force vessels in the channel. We have the lifeboats from Dover and Dungeness in the channel. There is a massive operation going on every day. If you add the Royal Navy to it, all you'll do is make it a bigger taxi service unless you have the political will 
to change how we're doing this. Do you think the government does have the political will? No, no, I don't. I absolutely don't. I think Priti Patel herself may well have the will, uh, but I don't think Boris Johnson and, and the cabinet are prepared to do what it takes and to face the criticism that they'll get. Look, when Tony Abbott was Prime Minister of, of, of Australia, or I'm talking about 10 years ago now, they faced a very similar problem. Boats coming from Indonesia. Larger distances, bigger boats, larger numbers of people, but the same principle. All right? In the end, what Abbott said was that nobody that enters Australia illegally by boat will ever be given refugee status. And if the British government said that, and if we return those that do continue to come illegally, the problem would stop. Uh, what would you say to people who, I mean, social media are awash with these folk and indeed the mainstream media who say, look, you know, this is very heartless. We are talking about people who are desperate, people who are fleeing persecution, uh, fleeing even if economic migrants fleeing uh, destitution. They're desperate to come to this people. What are you planning to do? Just leave them to drown in the channel. Turning boats back could actually lead to loss uh, of life. What do you say to those people? No, 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 no. The drownings in the Mediterranean... And we haven't had, we've only had one so far in the channel, which is a miracle. But the drownings happen because people are encouraged to come because they know as soon as they set foot on the soil in Dover, they will not be taken anywhere apart from going to a four-star hotel, getting free health care, dental care, and 40 quid a week spending money. I mean, that's the reality of where we are. The pull factors are absolutely huge. In France, they would get virtually nothing. We are extraordinarily generous. And look, you know, we've got a big history in this country of looking after genuine refugees, be they French Huguenots, be they Jewish people, be they people from, indeed, Priti Patel's own family, who, of course, came here uh, from, from Uganda. The vast majority of these young men that are coming do not qualify for refugee status under any definition going back to the 1951 Geneva Convention. Uh, they are economic migrants. And yeah, sure, some of the countries they come from may not be great countries, but we can't open our doors to the entire world. And just finally, uh, the French authorities apparently have asked for another £30 million pounds ah. to help police this issue and to take uh, take this issue uh, on. Um, would that be money well spent, though? I mean, if, you know, if, if, hey, you know, you're a Brexiteer, I'm a Brexiteer. If we have to rely on the French, and it may well be that uh, come January the 1st next year, after the end of the transition period, they may not be uh, quite as willing to help. Uh, is that £30 million pounds well spent? What, £30 million pounds so that the French Navy can continue to escort illegal migrant vessels out of their waters into our waters are absolutely not. Money is not the solution. We have gone on year after year giving France more money. Uh, and, 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 you know, I exposed what's called the handover. The French Navy literally taking the boats over the line and then being picked up by UK border force or lifeboats. Uh, and until that practice ends, we shouldn't consider sending them a penny. Even if there is loss of life? Well, there'll be no loss of life if the boats stop coming. And the boats will stop coming if people know that entering Britain illegally means they won't be allowed to stay. It really is as simple as that. And so it's down to political will. And everything else, you know, even if you put the entire Royal Navy or what's left of it um, in the British Channel, uh, you know, and even if he did start stopping boats, all that would happen then is they'd come under cover of darkness. You know, there needs to be a political solution. And actually, it would suit the French too. 
because if they knew getting into Britain wouldn't be allowed, the camp at Calais would stop as well. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Delighted to welcome the Health Minister, Helen Whateley, to the show. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning. Good morning. Now, you're here to talk about uh, a new bid to um, actually get more nurses working in the NHS. We've seen a lot more interest in those sorts of careers uh, as a result of obviously the focus on the NHS for understandable reasons for the last uh, six, seven, eight months. Um, tell us uh, what sort of uh, extra numbers of nurses we're looking at and how are you going to see those numbers improve? You're absolutely right. So today we are announcing an increase in the number of nurse apprenticeships. Uh, so we're more than doubling that scheme so that we'll get 8,000 new apprentices through that scheme to qualify as registered nurses. It's all part of our determination to increase the number of nurses in the NHS. We're going to increase that by 50,000. Uh, we're seeing a real surge in interest in, increase in, in careers in healthcare and nursing in particular. We've got an increase in applications for the usual degree route 
to start at university this autumn. And as I said, we're also boosting the apprenticeship route to enable more nurses to earn as they learn. I mean, a lot of people listening to that will very much welcome that. But we know one of the big issues is retention, isn't it? And that's that, you know, keeping the nursing staff, the experienced nursing staff that we've already got. And yes, lots of amazing uh, men and women came back uh, to the healthcare service during the, the crisis to, to help out. And that was an extraordinary uh, thing to, to see. But uh, trying to keep those people on board, a lot that's about the conditions, the, the, the pay that they're living with the the uh, the, uh, the the system of rotors and the like um, how confident are you that you can actually keep nurses once you've actually got them into the system you're absolutely right retention is vital and part of that we've got to make sure that we're looking after those who work in our nhs just over a week ago nhs england published its people plan about a whole swathe of things to make working in the nhs a better experience including as you referred to uh, more flexible working so to support the flexibilities the hours that the nurses and other healthcare workers might want to embed some of the things that actually gave the experience well it was really tough working during uh, the peak of the pandemic. We also heard from healthcare staff about things that work better, that they felt they had more autonomy, they had uh, more support, for instance, the, the hot meals and things like that. So we're taking steps to make sure that whole experience okay. of working in the NHS is better as well. And what, and what about the pay rises they'd also like? Well, I absolutely hear the call for uh, pay rise and particularly hearing from nurses because we had just a couple of weeks ago the announcement of the uh, pay rise for many doctors, which was part of the regular uh, pay cycle. Nurses are on what's called the Agenda for Change pay system. Um, they're on the final year of a three-year pay deal. So we'll be looking at nurses' pay over the coming months with an announcement on that next year. OK, um, let's also talk about what happens with schools. Front page of a lot of the newspapers today is uh, how schools are going to go back. The Prime Minister said there was a moral duty to reopen schools. As we know, it's the, the poorest kids uh, who are losing out the most. Children's Commissioner Anne Longfield has called for pupils and teachers to be routinely tested for coronavirus. Now, this was certainly uh, what we were told would be happening. It's also what we know other countries who've successfully brought their pupils back to school have been able to do are we going to be in a position come early september just three weeks away now uh, to actually do regular testing to make sure we don't see outbreaks in schools and make sure that kids can actually get you know full-time lessons every week as uh, the prime minister says he wants so yes as the prime minister said yesterday in the sunday papers it's a national priority to get children back in school this september we have to have children fully back at school um because much so, you know, parents, teachers have gone to huge efforts to keep education going through lockdown. There's nothing the same as being in school. A couple of things to say about sort of COVID in schools. So firstly, we know that the risk of transmission in schools we're seeing from researchers, risk of transmission is very low. Also, the risk to children uh, from COVID itself is very low. There are extra steps that schools are able to take to bring those risks down even further. For instance, staggered start and opening times, um, teachers really drilling kids on on sanitation and, and hand washing and things like that um, coming to your point about testing on routine testing we absolutely follow the advice of the chief medical officer um, sage the advisory scientific advisory group at the moment they're not advising routine testing for schools but i said the crucial thing is that schools will be safe and children should be coming back this autumn okay and, and aren't you surprised by the uh, new poll that uh, suggested that uh, at this moment in time if there were a vaccine developed for covid19 uh, and, uh, and it was made available that 53 percent of britons wouldn't agree to use that vaccine 
Uh, yes, yeah, so I know that you know as and when we 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 have a vaccine, absolutely, and I would be up for being being vaccinated. We should do whatever we can to make sure that we reduce the circulation of COVID in our community to keep people safe who are most at risk from the illness and so that we can enable life to get on uh, as close to normal as possible. Um, let's also talk about what's happening to uh, people who are trying to make their holidays after long lockdowns. Most people holidaying here in Britain if, if uh, are doing anything other than a staycation in their own homes. Uh, but we did see many hundreds of thousands of uh, Brits who are on holiday in Spain facing quarantine for two weeks on their return at uh, just a few hours notice. Uh, now we've had more destinations added to the list. There's a lot of talk that France could be added to the list at the end of this week. Uh, it's the second most popular holiday destination for Brits. Uh, what is the likelihood of that? And if there is the case, uh, what is the likelihood that uh, the government's going to consider to make sure that people are compensated if they're told uh, to quarantine if they return from holiday? Because, of course, lots of people not even eligible for sick pay, and even if they are eligible for sick pay uh, or uh, for, for do this, uh, not able to pay their mortgage on it. So what I can say is that we keep the uh, levels of, of COVID and the, the situation in other countries constantly under review. In response to people's you know, totally understandable desire to, to go on holiday, we did the air bridges, travel corridors, so that you could go to some countries with low rates without having to quarantine. But as we said, when we put that policy in place, we would have to keep a watch on it. And we took action in Spain when we saw the rates going up there rapidly. With France, we, get, we have to keep it under review uh, and i would say to people you know just just keep an eye if you're planning a holiday keep an eye on the foreign office advice and be clear on your insurance uh, will in we get notice will people get noticed because we, france has already got a higher rate than we have at the current time and it is slowly going up very different from the large sharp very quick spike from spain but but what is the point of infection rate that the government will step in and say now we have quarantine do we have a, a specific number that it's set up? well it's it's not quite as simple as that because it's a combination of looking at the overall uh, number of cases, something called the positivity rate, which is the proportion of tests that are test positive. Uh, the quantity of tests that any country is doing is clearly a factor in that as well. Where they're doing more testing, they may have a lower positivity rate. So you need to look at a range of these factors. We take the advice of the chief medical officer, the clinical advice on what is the right thing to do. But you know, we're in a pandemic. This is a horror disease. We have to do what is right for the health of our nation. OK, just a little bit earlier in the show, I spoke to Nigel Farage, the Brexit Party leader, who's been highlighting this problem with migrants coming across the channel, illegal migrants. We don't know who they are, what their aims are here. The, your uh, colleague, Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, uh, has appointed a new clandestine channel threat commander. Um, is this a sign that the government does actually take this issue seriously now? I mean, it's a bit strange, isn't it quarantining Brits returning from holiday uh, and yet we've got you know hundreds upon hundreds thousands of uh, migrants crossing the channel um, and we don't know about an awful lot of them is my guess and they're not going into quarantine uh, doesn't it make a bit of a nonsense of our borders I would say we absolutely take this issue very seriously we've got an unacceptable number of migrants making that dangerous crossing over the channel and though you know, on a sunny day it may look like a uh, an easy thing to do. The fact is, it is really risky. It's dangerous. They're paying illegal people smugglers to help them get across. Um, this is something that actually has to stop. The Home Secretary is determined that this will not continue to be a viable route uh, to the UK. My colleague, the Minister Chris Philp, is going to be in France this week 
talking to the French government and taking more steps so that we can bring this to an end. Okay, and just finally, I promise this is the final question, Helen Whaley. Um, Dawn Butler, the Labour MP for Brent Central, has claimed that she was the victim of racial profiling by a Metropolitan Police when uh, she was in a car that was stopped uh, by the police uh, at the weekend. Um, Are the British police institutionally racist? Look, I don't think, no, racism in any any setting is completely unacceptable. We don't accept it in our police. We don't accept it in the NHS. We don't accept it in our society. I, ca- I can't comment on the specific situation that, that Dawn Butler was in. Uh, but, but do you believe they are institutionally racist? I, I don't have that view, no. Um, and as I say, overall, though, we have to make sure, and we are determined as a government... Um, and with the work that we're doing, led by my colleague Kemi Badenoch, uh, to make sure that we don't have people held back because of their ethnicity. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. National Crime Agency executive as the UK's new clandestine channel threat commander. Uh, the idea is that they are going to actually take on uh, the uh, migrants. They're going to send Royal Navy warships to block migrants from crossing the channel. They're going to step that up. It, is it going to work? Let's talk to Admiral Lord Alan West, former First Sea Lord and Chief of the Naval Staff. Good morning to you, Lord West. Good morning. Um, this plan uh, to uh, basically use the Royal Navy effectively to sort of blockade uh, these migrants from crossing the channel, is that even feasible given the size of the channel? Um, I, it's not the Navy blockading. It's the Navy being involved with all of the disparate departments that have some responsibility for the waters around the UK and ideally, I hope, coordinating it and adding a few more assets to the mix because we have a paucity of assets to look after our 300,000 square miles of exclusive economic zone, all the fisheries, oil, all that sort of thing, and the 1,000 miles of coastline. When it comes to the illegal immigrants in the Pas de Calais, it'll mean there can be better coordination of the different ships that are involved, Border Force, HM Revenue and Customs, uh, Maritime Coast Guard Agency, the MMO, the fishery people, some police launches, RNLI, and then, yes, Royal Navy. It can be more focused and controlled um, and therefore done better. And I hope that means that we are able to pick up really all of the people coming across the channel, uh, which stops them being hit by container ships. And I'm sure a number have been, and there have been people lost we don't know about. And also the ones who get to our coast without being stopped at all. So we'll know exactly that we got them all. And then the only way to stop the flow is come to an agreement with France, because you know at the moment we're part of the part of the route that the the smugglers. Um, these dreadful gangsters um, get their money from these poor people who are, you know, who are, who are each case is a sad case, um, because they say to them, look, get in this dangerous little boat, you won't sink, but you'll be picked up by uh, the British and taken to UK, and then you've got there. Well, we don't want to be part of what's these people getting their thousand dollars a time. Thousand, thousand. We're looking at four or five grand a time. Uh, rather a lot more than that. You say I me mean, that you're talking about how look, it's not coordinated. We've got various different disparate uh, organisations and bodies which uh, are picking up these migrants in the ocean. Look, I mean, in the sea. Look, I don't want a single migrant to die in this scenario, and I don't think anyone listening does at all. But is the desperate urge to stop people dying is that actually uh, overtaking also another also very serious urge? Uh, I wouldn't say. It's as important as, uh, as saving lives, but but to protect our shores, because the reality is we're letting in people to this country. It's all very well picking them up in, in the sea and, and bringing them to safety on shore. But once they get to these shores, as Nigel Farage has pointed out, 
it's pretty much impossible for them to, to, for to be got rid of, even if they've got no right whatsoever to be here, even if they have potential terrorist or, or criminal intent, or whether they're victims of human trafficking and slavery themselves. We can't get rid of them, in which case isn't the answer not to bring them back to these shores. But that, as you say, will require French uh, agreement. But why, in all honesty, would the French accept these people back? Well, I mean, that's where I hope we come to some sort of diplomatic agreement with them. Maybe we'll have to pay them or something. And uh, um, because, you know, they are actually in France. The French have said, oh, we're doing all sorts of things in Calais. And they are doing some things. But we know from some of the news reporting, we've seen people spending sort of over an hour getting a boat down a beach of grave lines and then climbing in and chugging off. And you're absolutely right. We don't know exactly who's coming here. We don't know who's terrorists. These people need to be screened better. We need to be able to screen them more quickly. Who are economic migrants? Who actually have a, a, a very good reason for getting asylum? Um, but we are we are bound by law to pick people up from the sea. And the Royal Navy would always rescue yeah. people from the sea, what, what, whatever happened. But, but we need this agreement to get them back. But I am concerned around the UK, we do not have enough assets to look after our, our national waters. And if, say, there's a not a fishery agreement, we're going to have a real problem. We've got something like four or five fishery protection vessels to cover, as I say, 300,000 square miles. This is not properly coordinated. And this illegal immigrant thing is just a, a little small example of where I believe we've, we've, we've let the ball slip through our fingers. So fundamentally, this is going to involve a lot more money on a lot more vessels uh, and be boosting our ability just to simply to protect our own seas and protect our own borders. I, they will, there, there does need to be more money spent because... Over a, a long period of time, successive governments have cut the money um, spent on protecting our offshore tapestry, the ships that do that. Okay. Um, they've done that. And we, we must turn that round because otherwise we're not looking after our own nation. And that's really important. Just finally, you, you did just mention there these people, whether they've got a genuine claim for asylum. I mean, by definition, someone who's in France isn't desperate, isn't fleeing. I mean, they may ultimately have fled, have fled a, a war-torn state like Syria or they've come as economic migrant from somewhere in Africa. But, but once you're in France, you're no longer a desperate migrant in those that, that situations. In which case, how on earth does, he, does, does anyone crossing the channel in that circumstance have any legitimate claim for asylum? I mean, Julia, you're spot, you're spot on with that. But some of them, I think, do, you know, they, they have a they have a reason to have left their country, which is a real reason. Some don't, it's just economic. Mm. And Europe have got a real problem because basically there are hundreds of millions of people who live in godforsaken countries and they want to get out of them and they'd rather live in Europe. Well, we can't do, we can't, Europe can't let that happen. Um, otherwise we'll become a godforsaken country. That's, that's a real problem. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.